Welcome everybody to the University of Applied Research and Development. This is our Educators Podcast. I'm delighted to have Simon Board with us, who is an executive member with the PDHPE Council. Delighted to have you with us and also is with the Northern Beaches Christian School. Simon's done his Master's in Leadership and Management at Newcastle University and we're just stoked to have you with us here today, Simon. Yeah, no worries. It's lovely to be here and uh, really excited to, to learn more from, from everyone you come in touch with. So, yeah, thanks for having me. And it's only because you're an Australian that I can say I'm stoked to have you here and you'd know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so Simon, tell us a little bit about your role that you have right now and what you're doing. Um, I have a few different roles. Um, so with the PDHPE Teachers Association, that's like in throughout New South Wales, um, I'm an executive member, so we've I mean, been involved with the leadership of the initiatives, um, everything from trying to grow our membership base, um, trying to conduct some research on current uh, things like physical literacy at the moment, um, looking at actual literacy in classrooms, so learning and developing and growing confidence in that. Um, trying to, we've just done some webinars actually about remote learning. So we've been putting out to our members and, and to anyone interested actually, some of the approaches that we've found really worked well. So from a leadership perspective, that's been, it's been amazing actually, because part of the PDHPE Teachers Association, we have a, a rural um, connection. And so we'll do a conference in the rural regions in one year and the next year we'll do it in Sydney. So our aim is to try and connect um, quite broadly, we've actually found do we- doing webinars does both. You know, we can actually connect between um, between both our, our rural and, and our city uh, members. So that's that's been terrific. And we've got a couple of members that have um, been involved in that. And we've got some, I think every month we're, we're trying to do a webinar just to, to try and connect on different topics. So um, that's, that's one role I've been involved in. Um, I'm student leadership coordinator here at the school. So I've I've grown um, our first group of leaders this year into a model which I think has been um, quite effective and, and under difficult times we've, we've managed quite well. But uh, I've used the, the Wiggins and McTie um, backwards approach where we've essentially, we, we work out what do we want to achieve, where do we want to end up, and then we work back from that. We look at what sort of outcomes do we want um, in terms of... Um, what evidence do we collect to show that we've, we've gained where we want to go? Um, we plan lessons and experiences and develop skills to head in that direction. We, we involve the individual, we involve the community. So I, I, like, I like to be able to say to young people, this is where we want to be. Um, this is where we want to end up. Um, and they can get a picture of it. They, can, they really gauge it. And then they can work back from there and go, well, how do we get there? We have to do this. We have to do this. And... I think with young people, they switch off pretty quick and you, you've got to make sure you, you can show them the vision so they can head towards the vision as a, as to really engage them. That's really interesting that you mentioned that. So you share with them the vision and then they, they brainstorm, work with you, strategize on how they're going to get there. Do they have input onto the vision itself? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, when I say a vision, um, that's a shared vision. And I think... From experience, you want, you want to try and um, give them examples of what can be possible. And I think the hardest thing for young people too is, is the limitations of things that unfortunately we might try as hard as we like, but this is not going to be possible. 
So I think uh, a process of elimination just to make sure they don't get too excited and it is hard. It's a harsh reality of leadership that you've got to accept that someone's going to say no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so definitely I think, um, and I'm, I'm le- learning leader of PDHPE, so in charge, like head of PE. Um, so in all those capacities, uh, I'm very much about students owning the leadership process and trying to empower them to, to make decisions and make, make mistakes, but also guide them along the way. Um, but without that student input, we, we can't replace their voice. Like it's, not, it's great to guide them, but we've got to make sure we're listening to them to, to get really authentic um, leadership opportunities for the kids. It's interesting you say you, you need to eliminate and be, being comfortable with no and eliminating. I guess that sharpens the focus for them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if kids know they have opportunity and if they know they have ownership, it's everything. It's that difference between them switching on and switching off, I I feel. And in this day and age, I mean, Northern Beaches Christian Schools is well known as being a very innovative school and HSC Online and and our buildings here are just incredible, shaped after a Barcelona airport. Um, A lot of very innovative spaces to learn and, and from a for a number of years now, we've really challenged the boundaries of what we believe learning should be, and it's led to some some outstanding um, projects, which have really been based around um, you know student student project based learning, um, essentially, which again is handing over the ownership to to, to the students, and, and I think that's as leaders, as curriculum leaders, this is the biggest wrestle we have is. We're tied to a curriculum that has so many limitations. Um, it's been designed many years ago, and we need, personally, I think, um, uh, we need to be ready to to offer it back to the kids to and back to the the students that that are going to grow into it in terms of the high schools and to the tertiary study that follows to let them um, start shaping it more. And I think our universities have to allow that that progression and grow that relationship between high schools and, and, and uh, the tertiary um, education as well. Mm, that pathway between the two of them. Yeah, I just, it's frustrating. There is such a disconnect between the two and um, we have so many op- opportunities for rich learning for kids at school. Um, and I think a combination of an overcrowded curriculum and um, really archaic um, curriculum design really limits our opportunities for the kids for really rich learning. Mm. You mentioned a few minutes ago about getting the community community involved in this uh, backwards approach. How do you get involved with the community involved with them in the process? Um, I think the community is an interesting one. And I'll give an example. We did um, a project-based learning approach where we looked at um, designed for the aged with a, a year group. And the idea was we looked at the Institute of Longevity and um, at Stanford University, and they were designing some really cool projects where university students would come up with these ideas that would help the aged population. And I thought that's fantastic because we want our kids to look to the future. We've got an aging population. Um, we want to get hands on. We want to design. We want to have these future focus opportunities. How cool is that? And so 
we talk about a community. I mean, we want to go out to our community. So we went out to the nursing homes and to our age population, grandmas, grandpas, and we asked the question, what do you guys need? What do you need around the house? Um, and it turned into things like we need tools to be able to reach project um, cups. You know, it's too high or I can't bend down or um, I'd love something to open the door um, or lock the door in an easier fashion and um, walking sticks that are, are more comfortable and even there's future future approaches of, of trying to tell if an uneven surface is coming up when they learned that that was a problem for their elderly family members. So um, also to the point where, you know, we came up with some, some designs that you could put in a 3D printer of uh, a bottle turner that the kids um, came up with. And that was just a, a godsend for, for a family member that really was struggling just with something as simple as that. So when I talk about community, I think, couple of things we've got to think about. We've got to be, it's got to be authentic. It's got to be real life and it's got to be high quality research. And um, the Institute of Longevity um, at Stanford there has got some awesome inspirational um, designs that are going on already. And then just to tailor that to our environment here wasn't that difficult. Um, and then just to reach out to the community was the next step just to, to you know, increase that authenticity. Wonderful. The uh, Wiggins McIntyre back and backwards approach, you're using that with students as an educational model or leadership model with the students. Do you also use that with staff? Does your school wide use that approach? Uh, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a school wide approach. It's something that I've used and I've used in the, each of the schools I've taught in. And again, yeah, I use it in the department as well. I, I just think, well, we've got a problem. Here's our, our way to solve it. Let's, look at where we want to be and work backwards um, and involve all the facets that we need to involve to get to that, that point. Um, so it, the beauty of it is that you can actually use whatever, um, ever whatever variables or components you want to use. You can eliminate different things if it's not relevant um, and you're able to, to work through a process that is very logical and, and can actually be scaffolded really easily. And I'll, our kids like that because they can just fill in the boxes and go, well, okay, this is where I want to go. How do I get there? I've got to fill in this, this, this. What skills do I need? How am I going to uh, involve the community? Um, how am I going to measure success? Um, so I think all the components really, really offer um, a lot of self-checking as you're going and getting the kids to, to solve problems um, as they're doing it and certainly as you know, when the project gets up and running, they can actually have solutions to most of their problems. So uh, I like it because it's very practical. Mm. Tell us about your master's and what your, what your focus was in your master's. Um, yeah, I mean, my focus essentially was I had, uh, I mean, a couple of major studies I did towards the end really spoke, uh, looked at the administration um, of schools and some of the disconnects that happened between um, whether it's an IT department or whether it's the uh, whether it's a pastoral care program or whatever it might be, it was using um, looking at the flow between the disconnects that often occur when, particularly with technology, when you have a whole range of different initiatives being introduced that change so quickly, and databases that don't talk to databases, and uh, you have um, processes that that are a little archaic, and you end up finding that staff are doing jobs they shouldn't really need to do because once you get process in place, there's efficiency, 
Um, everyone knows their job. Um, it's done consistently. But when you have a bit of a mishmash of things happening um, in different areas and there's not that strategic planning with it, it's very time-consuming, it's not effective, and it's frustrating. Um, so I think that was part of my um, project in the end is just I, I noticed a, in an environment I was in, I noticed a frustrating um, disconnect and looked at the, the, the functional capacities and then thought, well, okay, we've got to connect a few things here because this is not logical. It will take, you know, a, a new database that we'll have to introduce, but that database talks to this one and then suddenly we have less issues um, and suddenly we've got staff doing what they should be doing and um, able to have um, their job halved or their, their workload halved in that administrative approach. So um, I think a lot of that came from, I've been at a couple of schools um, in the past and it's been great looking at their models and I've been a big, big advocate for, I want to know how a, a single sex boys and girls school works and I've done that. I've done co-ed, um, this is my second co-ed school um, and I think it's really interesting looking at all the dynamics of these environments. You, you learn a lot um, about what works and what doesn't and, and some, some basic um, strategies that are really effective. Because you work at a number of different levels, like you're on the council and statewide initiatives and being in different schools, what would you say predominantly are some of the gaps in educational leadership that could be filled? Yeah, well, look, I think it's... I think that the biggest issue we have is a, a connection between, um, between committees or, or people heading in the same direction, we often have a big disconnect. Um, and it's the strategic planning that I think really needs a, a huge emphasis because it's interesting the number of organisations I've seen where it's been really piecemeal. We have someone heading one direction and someone, someone up or somewhere else. And to actually see an organisation that can tie all that in together and be very cohesive and very clear and very deliberate about what they do and, and unapologetic, that's quite impressive in it, but it's not as common as you think. It, um, given the nature of schools, there, there often is changes in staffing and um, changes in, in the direction of a school and suddenly it could go 90 degree turn from the direction it was heading. Um, and then suddenly that's a reshuffle. So I think for a teacher, it's really challenging because you're dealing with personalities of kids and, and then, but also staff and then executive. There's essentially three different levels there. So uh, I, I find the strongest, the best leaders I've come across have been the ones that do the simple things well. They don't try and overcomplicate it. They bring people together, not apart. Um, they're very clear and very deliberate and very strategic. Um, but it's not as common as you think and once you get something working quite well, sometimes that can, given the dynamic nature of schools, it can actually change. Interesting. What would you say to people that are heading on their, their journey from being a teacher to a head of department to a principal? Can you give some career advice to people? <laughs> yeah, look, I think find your passion is really important. Find your interest. Um, don't do something because it seems like the right thing to do. Don't become an executive because it's time. I mean, being an executive role is very time consuming. It's, it's challenging for families. Um, 
but more than that, like you have to love it. You have to be interested in it. You have to be willing to go the extra yard and really love it. Um, and it's, it's one of those opportunities that I think, you know, when you're really passionate, when you're really interested and you'll get back what you put into it, which is awesome, but you'll have your moments where you put a lot of time and effort into it and um, it's going to be a struggle. But yeah, I just think find, find the passion, be careful not to go down a track and do something that you really dislike because there are some roles in, in schools that are really not suited to some people and that can be difficult for people to face up to. But I think the reality is, you know, when it's right. Um, I think it's harder when you're younger because you, you want to learn what you know and you want to experiment a little bit. But um, I think if you, you make your way up in a, in a gradual way and you build up your strengths and you work in an environment that you're comfortable with and, and build your connections. And if in doubt, just ask a lot of questions. Make sure. I think one of the worst things you could do is, is have a very emotional reaction and make a decision and, and make it a rash decision that hasn't been discussed or talked through. Certainly look at all avenues of ask every single question you can about, well, what happens if this happens? And, and talk to people. I think close uh, confidants are really important to say, well, be honest, what do you think? Can I do this? Um, use your support networks. But, yeah, like it's challenging. There's lots of great opportunities out there. I think it's exciting um, opportunities. It's a great career to be involved in. Um, but, you know, I think you, there is a lot of uh, competition out there. And, but find something you're passionate in and, and before you know it, we'll all, all together. I love that, Simon. So find your passion, have a gradual build up and build your connections while you're doing that. And then ask lots of questions and discuss and don't rush or make uh, rash emotional decisions. I think that's, yeah. uh, that's a lot of wisdom right there. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, I want to thank you very much for giving us your time. Uh, busy, you know, a couple of weeks back into school and you've got a lot of responsibilities, not just in your school and family and everything else. So thank you for sharing your time with us and sharing your experience. Yeah, no worries. It's been great. Thank you, Craig, for the opportunity and all the best to everyone.